Welcome to the Three Bald Guys Talk Marketing Podcast with Three Bald Guys. Fred Peritsky of FCP Digital, Paul Schindel of Three Bears Communications, and freelance writer Rodney Warner. Welcome to the second episode of Three Bald Guys Talk Marketing with me, Rodney Warner, freelance writer, and Fred Peritsky, and Paul Schindel. How are you doing today? Thanks for having us on this beautiful Friday afternoon. Yes, I'd also like to give a shout out to the Continental Tavern and Yardley for this beautiful room, and although we paid for it this time, the beautiful bourbon. This Cheers. Time. Cheers. This time. <laughs> So, so today's episode. Cheers. All right, here you go. L'chaim. L'chaim. <laughs> okay. So today's episode, or is it a webisode? Webisode is good webisode, too. We'll go with that. I like that. Is website do's and don'ts because everybody has a website or wants a website or, or should, should have, have a should website. should have a website. Yes. And and you two gentlemen create a lot of websites. We build those things. So, and I'm sure you guys have seen really bad stuff and really good stuff. Yes. So, so let's start with you, Fred. What would yes. you say? Why don't we start with dues? Dues. So, so what are important dues when when someone when, when somebody is thinking about putting together a website? Well, if you if you have if you don't have a website and you're just starting one for the first time, some of the things that you want to think about are: Do you have a logo for your business, which is very important? You need a logo whether you have a website or not, for your business cards, for your letterhead, for your invoices, for your truck, for whatever you do, you need to have some branding done. And that starts with a logo of some kind. Um, and colors. You want to know what your colors are, which is also part of your brand. But to do a website today, you have to think of a, a few things. Um, and then Paul can chime in if, to see if I'm on track or not. The website should be credible. Whatever business you're in, if you're a lawyer, an accountant, a doctor, a building contractor, whatever you're doing, your website has to be credible to show that you know the business that you're in, that you're the expert in that field. You have the credentials, the licensing that you need. You have to show all that in your website. You want your website to be secure. You want it to have an SSL certificate, which we can talk about more a little bit. But basically what that means is if you go on to any website and look at the um, address bar, if it doesn't have an SSL certificate, meaning the prefix will be HTTPS colon slash slash, if it doesn't have the S in it, there's going to be, on depending on what browser you use, it's going to say not secure. And if it has a certificate, it'll have a little padlock generally on most browsers. On Safari, which Apple users do, it doesn't have that. It like clicks by really fast. But that little padlock gives people a sense that your website is secure you can give confidential information on that site. And you want it to be mobile. Not everybody has a mobile website, meaning that when you look on a phone, you should be able to see everything on your phone and make any um, searches with a finger. You shouldn't have to make the, like I'm making this the crazy thing with two fingers. You shouldn't have to make your page bigger to get something. Not that you should be driving and looking at your phone to get to a store, but you want to be able to be at a traffic light in a coffee shop somewhere and be able to right away get the phone number, the most important information on a website. If it's not mobile, 
and it looks just like your desktop website, you're not going to get traffic. And we, a lot of this goes into search engine optimization, which we're going to talk about later. But those are a few of the, the main do's that I think about when I create or refresh a website. How about you, Paul? What, do you, what, what are your major do's? Well, one of the things that any business needs to consider is that um, when it comes to building a website, you actually have to pay your dues um, because, because <laughs> thank you, uh, you know, a little symbol crash, silent symbol crash is what our listeners just missed. But, um, and, you know, a few things to keep in mind uh, are that typically, um, I, I tell people over and over that a, a website is oftentimes never really done because um, the technology changes, the SEO needs change, and if you're doing it right, the content uh, changes as you add blog posts and uh, you know uh, links to interesting things that relate to your business. Um, so. Uh, all of that, in a sense, comes with paying your dues on on your website development. One of the things that, um, and another way that you um, pay your dues with a website um, is that it can be a very intensive um, process to design and build a website. Um, and that's that. Frankly, is one of the reasons that um, companies like Fred's uh, FCP and mine, Three Bears Communications, are in business because oftentimes a business owner has about ten million things that are more pressing than building the website. Even though the website is really important to them and they know it's going to be a very big help, um, but. If you don't have a lot of hours to put into um, building your website from scratch and then uh, maintaining it and adding content to it on an ongoing basis, uh, it really makes sense when you consider the value of your time to use a professional to develop your website. Um, so there's a little pitch for, for our things, but yeah. it's also, I think, really practical um, advice when you consider you know, adding, building your website. Definitely. You know, adding my half cent, you know, I provide content and, you know, it's, there are some, some beautiful websites, but if you don't have good content, then it's, it's, it's only going to do so much for you. I mean, especially the, the headline, something eye grabbing, something that's going to get attention, something that's concise, something that's compelling, Something that people are going to want to read. I mean, if I mean, it's. Uh, I think a lot of people can spend a whole lot of money on a website, and then search engine optimization and and spending money to get people to the website. But if it's not worth reading, people aren't going to be on that website for more than a couple seconds. Well, no just, question. No question gonna, about they're that. Just going to move on. And with content is very important for search engine optimization. To many websites that just have images on the home page, um, like an art gallery, an interior designer, they, they don't put the time into the content so that the SEO can work. But I want to go back to one thing. One of the most important things that I've found is often overlooked by almost everybody who has a website, and that's coming up with the, your domain name. The, the name that you have for your website should be 
of course, related to your business, but it should also be less than like 50 or 60 characters. It, it should be a short, a short name that represents your business, something that's easy for people to remember. You're also going to use that for email, hopefully. So you want to get you know, as concise as possible with that. And along with that, you should go to a reputable company to buy your name from. And what I mean by that is there are so many companies where you can buy your name. Yet, since it's just a small part of a non-web designer's, it's not really their business, they either don't remember where they bought it from, they do not know the login or the password. So not to give advertising to any company, it should be a company like GoDaddy, Network Solutions, some major company. And the other thing is, you should not allow your web designer to own your name. Correct. Correct. And it's your body. But don't you guys want to own the name? No. Do we? <laughs> no, no, we don't. Because uh, ultimately, that's that should be the property of the business. And um, it's it's very. I mean, we register domains on behalf of clients all the time. Um, and what that requires of the client. So Fred Fred mentioned um, GoDaddy and Network Solutions, which are two major providers of um, all of a full range of, of web uh, website services, including domain names. I would add to the mix, by the way, um, two other companies uh, that I have dealt with that are both very uh, dependable. One um, is is called oneandone.com, and the other is called namecheap.com, um, and the the name serves them well. Their prices are good, um, but it maybe doesn't serve them as well as it should in the sense that they're actually a very good, high high quality, high competency company, and with a name like Namecheap, it seems to maybe cheapen what right. they what they offer. Back to domain names. Um, when I register a domain on your behalf, I'm going to establish myself typically as the technical contact and probably the administrative contact. But the registrant or owner contact should be you, the business Correct. owner. And uh, that means that from the start, you should establish an, a, an account as well on whatever that hosting company or domain registration company is so that you have access to your name. And frankly, if we don't get along or if something happens and you need to uh, assume you know, total control of, of, of the domain and of the website that's hosted there, um, you have that access and you have that control. Right, and I found that it happens more often than not that um, I'll get a new client and t one of two things happen. Well, I say one of three things happens. One, they own the domain name. They know where it is. They know how to log in to get it. Number two, they don't own the domain name because it was owned by the previous web designer. They can't get access to it because they don't, they don't have a login or password and their name is not mentioned on the account at all. They didn't use their credit card, so if the if the web designer or developer uses their credit card and their name and email address, then you're sort of out of luck, and it takes a long time to get it resolved. The the and another thing that happens 
is um, people just don't know where it is at all. And I've had situations where people come to me and they say, I have a website, but I lost it. And what do you mean that you lost it? Well, I don't own it. I don't know how to get it. And it doesn't show up anymore because either they stopped paying the minimal fee for having a name. Most names, unless it's very specific, are 10 to $20 a year or, or maybe a little bit more. And then you'll see some pe some people do buy very specific kind of names that they try and sell later. And they could go for thousands and thousands of dollars. But generally, Paul, when you say it's 10 20 maybe yeah, $30? Yeah, the, the prices have gone up in the last, I don't know, two or three years. But certainly for almost any domain, um, $20 or less per year is the standard registration right. fee. And by the way, if, if you've lost your website... Um, you can go to, and, but you know what it's called. You can okay. go to uh, any number of, of search engines. The one that I use is is um, who dot is that w h o dot i s, and enter the domain threebears.com and it will show you um, at least some of the information related to the, the who owns that domain. Um, and some of their contact information. Right. If it's private, though, you might not get that. Who is is good? And there's also another. There's another way. I have. I've had clients who cannot find their website at all. And there is a trick. I don't know if we should give secrets away or not. Oh, sure. Of course. Go ahead. We, yeah, we'll give away. <laughs> we, we have to. We have to add value. There's a really cool website that I think is amazing. It's called the Website Archive or the Wayback Machine. So for those of us that are of a certain age remember. Um, the Wayback Machine from cartoons. But the Wayback Machine fractured is... Fractured fairy tales. Fractured fairy tales, the whole thing. Mr. Peabody. <laughs> so um, on the Wayback Machine, if you know your website address, that's all you need to know, and you enter it in, you will find all or fragments of your website at different periods of time. And I have actually rebuilt websites based on that information. It's... I think it's kept forever. So your website never is completely lost. And as they, say, as they say, whatever is on the Internet is on, on there, there forever. It's on there. Um, yeah, so Fred's, that's Fred's archaeology lesson for, for the day. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm kind of curious. What, when clients come to you guys and they want a website, what do you see as like common myths or misunderstandings by general population business owners as as far as uh, creating a website is concerned. Oh sure, yeah. I I need a website because it's going to change everything. It's going to people are going to be running to my door, running to my website and ordering the stuff I have on there or looking up my information and, you know, lining up outside the, outside the door of my business because I have a website. Mm -hmm. Not going to happen. Okay. Sorry. Um, that's you know that's the biggest mix, misconception, and to some extent, it goes back to that idea that I mentioned that a website is never really finished; it needs to be constantly um, maintained and enhanced uh, over time with with new content. Beyond that, um, people um, one actually one of the one of the biggest expectations to uh, misconceptions is um, is related to the cost of designing and developing a website because, and it's true, you can go to Squarespace or Wix or a couple of other 
Weebly and a couple of other um, places. And you can build your own website in 10 minutes, but it's going to look like you built a website out of a, you know, with a cookie cutter appearance in about 10 minutes. And it's not going to have the functionality and the, the depth of content and depth of resources that, is, that are going to make it easy for people to find and, and find valuable. You know, I'm, I'm kind of curious. With those kind of services, is they do a good job with security, or is that another thing that gets kind of shortchanged? Well, I, I'm let me. I'm gonna go back to. I was gonna say the same thing that Paul did because it just happened to me today with the Squarespace website. So it's not that Squarespace and Wix and Weebly, those type of website builders. Even GoDaddy has a website builder. Um, it's not that they're bad. They're not. They're not for business. They're not for businesses. They're for hobbies. Right. And so one of the misconceptions is I don't have a, I don't have a budget for a website, so I just built it on Squarespace. And I want to be able to later on make it better. So this, those website builders are secure. They do look pretty if you have a designer, but there's very little you can do in terms of marketing it, search engine optimization, and they're not flexible at all. There's a few templates and that's the it's going to look the way it's going to look. You can't really change it. Um, and and when the time comes that you're ready for do do I dare call it a grown up website? Oftentimes, uh, the content that you've built onto that free site is not readily portable for um, not readily portable to a, a a full robust website structure like a. WordPress or a Drupal or some other uh, structure right. like that. And a lot of people also have the, the contention that my son who's in high school is really good with computers or my brother-in-law's niece who's away at college has really like, learned a lot on Facebook. And then they'll do a website, never finish it, never update it. They move on and you're stuck with the website. The website has to be... It has to be maintained just like your car, especially WordPress, Drupal, Joomla. All of those websites don't stay the way you made them forever. They have to constantly be looked at. There's plugins that have to be updated. The versions of the platform change constantly. They have to be updated. Your content has to be updated. So if you just think that you're going to build a website, let it stay up forever. My suggestion is don't build a website. You know, I'm sure a lot of your customers are, they probably already have websites, but yes. they want to update them or upgrade them or, or redo them. Yes. So so what are some words of advice that we haven't already given as far as updating and upgrading and doing something new? When clients come to me, I just had someone today wants me to update a Squarespace website because down the road when their budget increases, they want to build... They want to have me build a WordPress website. So I tried to explain to them, although I think I lost the argument, that that's while it's not a waste of time, it's almost a waste of time because we can only build so much into one of those prepackaged sites. You don't really want to do that. You want to do the correct thing because in the end, it's not going to cost as much as they think. Because of some companies that are very large and their prices are kind of expensive, people are afraid 
to have to go to a web designer because they think it's going to cost tens of thousands of dollars. The same thing with search engine optimization. And it's simply not true. And the whole part of the cost of the website is your marketing. You shouldn't skimp or scroll, whatever the word is, skimp on the marketing of your business. You, you know, you'll spend a lot more time with business cards and other things that may or may not be as important as your uh, as the way you look online. Your Facebook page, all your social media should look professional, should match your website. So you have to spend money up front to, you know, to be able to market yourself. Many of the websites that we see where clients or prospects come to us and and want a new website, um, they they're they are sites that were built five, ten, fifteen, even twenty years ago. They are not mobile friendly. They're not secure. They are um, and they look like you know two thousand and four. Um, and or 1994 in in a couple of cases, um, and often in in a time like that, we're really talking about a a completely fresh uh, approach. Some of the content that they have may have some value, but we're oftentimes looking at you know salvaging what's there, having the conversation that Fred has mentioned about the the basics of the brand, like are your graphic elements, your logo and and colors and things like that, are they things that you want to stay with? Or is this the time, since we're doing a new website for you, do you want that website that or that uh, logo and branding design that looks like it was done in, you know, 1973? My recommendation oftentimes is no. And the uh, other side of that the argument we hear about that is, well, you know, people know us from that, they recognize us from that, um, and um, that's, that's a valid consideration. The, uh, um, when you're doing a major overhaul, whether it's a new website or other things like that, is the time to refresh your branding. Um, that may mean not necessarily getting rid of your current uh, you know, logo design, but cleaning it up, brushing it up, giving it a, a little more shine, a little more polish, um, maybe the typography is, you know, is dated and can be updated using the same graphic mark, but giving it a fresh look. Or maybe your colors, you know, you can you can often identify those older sites because their logos are black or navy or maroon, and they're you know these days, gosh, there's so many more colors out mm -hmm. there. <laughs> Of course, I'll chime in and say you could always upgrade your content too. You could, yeah. Well, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely upgrade your content. Another thing that some people overlook, another very inexpensive thing, is to have an email account that matches your website. When you go on a, a nice website or any website, and their email address is Yahoo, Gmail, or God forbid AOL, right away that takes away from the credibility. No matter what business you're in, it says that you're not. You're not thinking about that extra, that extra little thing that makes you professional, and it's really one of the least expensive things, if not. That's right. It's like close to free almost. If you have Office 365, even which is very simple to add, it's we're talking about five dollars a month per email address, and even with the G Suite, 
You can have aliases that make it look like you have a professional address. So you want to you want to make your website professional with along with your content, the, the whole thing. You don't want your website also on a desktop to be boxy. That's also a look that might say 2000 or whatever. You want it to be a full full width and be mobile and easy. So why don't we move on to website don'ts? So, so what, are the, what are the don'ts that we haven't covered so far? Um, well, doubling back a little bit, don't use an email address that is not part of your domain. Um, so stay away from those AOL, Yahoo, and uh, Gmail, and other right. generic uh, email domains. Um, that's one. Don't underplay the, the depth and range and ease of reading of your content. You know, given that you can get people to go to your website, which is a whole separate conversation, driving traffic to the website, but when, you, when people are there, um, you need to make it as reasonable, as friendly, as easy for them as possible to understand who you are, what you do, why you're the best at what you do, why they should be choosing you. And the worst way to, um, to approach that is to cobble together content that is, you know, that's not professionally written, that is not um, grammatically uh, correct and clear. Um, you know, bad content is is like a stop sign. It says, uh, don't need to stay here. I'm going somewhere else for my widgets or my services, whatever they may be. You know, what I think is, and, and when I look at websites, especially look reading content, is enough white space. Yes. I mean, I mean, there are some websites, everything is just jammed up all together, and it's just, it's difficult to read. It's, I mean, it's, it's difficult or unpleasant right. <laughs> to read. So I think that's, that's a definite don't. So, yeah. so what are some more don'ts? And, and Well, it, just jumping in on readability for a second, um, you should generally avoid using a dark background with white type because even if your type is nicely spaced, and even if it's well-sized, it's much harder to read that reverse uh, type that's reversed out of a dark background. Um, in most cases, you want to stay with um, black type or a dark, dark type color on a light or white background. Right. Yeah, I, I would agree with all that. What are some other don'ts? I think we, co I think we did cover a lot of them. But I guess one of the biggest don'ts, and this will sound self-serving for me, is don't do it yourself. So, And I have a good example. Can I give a good example? Please. I once met with a high-end painter. His name will be uh, nameless. And a beautiful, beautiful faux painting. And he said, Fred, I did my own website, but I'm thinking of changing it up. Why don't you look at it and give me a critique? So I looked at it. And I called him up, and I had just redone my office. And like most people trying to save money, I figured I could paint it myself. So I said to him, you know, I'm sitting in my office that I just painted. And I look, he said, how does it look? And so I'm looking around at it while I'm on the phone with a real painter. And I missed many spots on the ceiling. The tape is showing. There's nail pops. It, it really looks 
from close up, it looks really bad. It looks like a web designer painted my office. And I, he started laughing, and I said, not to be disrespectful, but your website looks like a painter built your website. What do you mean by that? He said, well, the whole background is black. There are at least a dozen grammatical and spelling errors in the first paragraph, and you have 1,500 pictures of your work. I said, your website is really unreadable. And I never heard from him again. We, it, ended, it ended fine. He understood what I was saying, but didn't want to do anything. So while, as we said in the beginning, while you can do, while you can build a website yourself, I always tell people, you can't build a website yourself. I'm having a bathroom renovated in my house. I can't do any of that stuff. While they're doing it, it looks, oh, they do this on Property Brothers and love it or list it. But you can't do that stuff if you don't have the skills. So I would say, if you don't hire Paul or myself, hire somebody who's not your child, your nephew, your mailman's niece. Hire a professional that has that you'll be able to get in touch with. And just like you take your car to a, a licensed mechanic, go to a professional web developer. Okay. You have more wisdom, Paul? One one good way. This is this is more of a do than a don't. Can I Please. offer offer a website do? Do pay attention to what your content is going to be, both the text and the images, before you start building a website, whether it's through uh, companies like ours or on your own or with someone else. The amount of time that you spend up front creating good copy and um, selecting or creating good visuals is going to make the entire website development process much easier and quite possibly much less costly than doing it sort of piecemeal and going back and forth and back and forth. Um, if you know what you want to say and you have good professional writing that makes that compelling um, and you have or create either on your own or through us um, visuals that are applicable to what it is you're selling and what, you're, what it is you're talking about, you'll have a much better website and it will come together much more readily. Okay. Any, any more yes, do's? I just, while you were saying that, my... Because I have one more too, so yeah, you do my, yours my, first. My brain clicked into gear on that. Here's a, here's, a do, here's a do and a don't, which are the same, the same item. Don't use images on your website that you took with your iPhone. Do have a professional photographer take your headshot if you're in, in any business, especially if you're a professional CPA, doctor, lawyer. If you have a product to sell, whatever that product is, invest in a professional photographer with a professional camera that understands lighting because when a picture is pixelated and you can't really see it, it's not worth it. And I always tell people, when you go to a photographer, have the picture made as big as possible so that we can then adjust it. You can make a giant picture tiny. You cannot make a tiny picture gigantic. I just want to thank everybody for listening to... Uh Three Bald Guys Talk Marketing and our website do's and don'ts episode. So uh, if you have any questions or comments about content specifically, you can reach out to me at uh, Rodney Warner at writerforhire at outlook.com. And why don't you guys 
give your contact info? I'm available at paul at threebears.com. It's always spelled out, T-H-R-E-E bears.com, or the website, threebears.com. And you can find me at fred at fzpdigital.com or my website, fcpdigital.com. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on multiple places. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Google Play. We're on Spotify, of course, and many, many others. But those are the biggest ones available. Remember, the Three Ball Guys podcast.com, and we appreciate uh, your listening. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining us at the Three Bald Guys Talk Marketing Podcast. Please join us again next time. Check out our website at three, the number three, baldguyspodcast.com. Until next time, may the good marketing be yours. <laughs>